This episode of the Filmmaker Mixer podcast is sponsored by Reed's Cleaners in Austin, Texas. We launder everything but money. This episode is also sponsored by Piers Henry Headshots, shining the spotlight on you. Welcome to the Filmmaker Mixer podcast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined alongside my co-host, Jeff, as always. Today, we have on an exciting guest. She has been a part of a lot of great projects, all of which we get into later on in this episode. That is actress Rebecca Kennedy. Rebecca has an amazing insight into the craft of acting. She's been so successful. She shares some wonderful stories. You definitely don't want to miss this. Hello, everybody. This is the Filmmaker Mixer podcast, and today we are talking with Rebecca Kennedy. Rebecca is a Los Angeles-based actress. She can be seen guest starring in TV shows like Law & Order SVU, Criminal Minds, and Station 19. She has also worked alongside Nicolas Cage in Season of the Witch, Mark Boone Jr. in Street Level, and Lily Collins and Keanu Reeves in the Netflix show To the Bone. Rebecca is currently starring in the award-winning film Two Witches. So, Rebecca, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. No, no, no. We're glad to have you. And uh, we always like to start off with uh, how our guests, you know, got into their creative field. So I'm curious, when did you first get started in acting? And was there a singular event that pushed you into the decision to make acting a career? Yeah. So to make a long, you know, a long journey short, right? Because we don't have all day. Um, I I first started becoming interested in it when I was little. I was about four when my mom took me to see my first children's play. I don't remember the play or uh, what it was about. I'm sure it was some kind of children's show. But I remember looking at her and saying, I want to do that. And, you know, I was four, so she kind of was like, okay, you know, sure, Um, kind of brushed that aside. But then, you know, I kept kind of bringing it up year after year. And finally, when I was 12, I didn't make the trailing squad at at, uh, school, so I was devastated. And so she was like, all right, let's, um, you know, let's find something else for you to do. Are you still wanting to do this acting thing? And I was like, yes, I do. So she found me a local children's group. Basically, you know, anyone that wanted to be in the show could be in the show you know you had to audition for the different parts but they they didn't you know turn away kids but at that point they had already we were doing they were doing the music man and they had already cast all the roles but they said you know we'll we'll find a place for her in the different ensemble numbers and they did and so my mom said she dropped me off you know the first day and came to pick me up and was kind of waiting in the back watching and she she said she saw my face and she's like oh this is it this is it and it was (laughs) And I continued to do it uh, through, you know, junior high into high school. And then I went to college for musical theater. I didn't start getting into film and TV until after I graduated college. I always kind of had an interest in it, but I wasn't really sure how to get involved. I'm from Texas originally. And so it's not, you know, they have a lot of stuff going on now. And But, you know, back then it wasn't um, readily available to find out, you know, as it is now. The internet was a thing, but it wasn't. Try not to age myself too much, but, um, you know, it wasn't as easy access. So after I graduated college, I, I went to school in Florida and I came back to Texas and I was still doing theater. I was teaching and uh, still doing shows. And I saw that, you know, on the lovely Facebook, I saw that, you know, friends were, were doing, uh, you know, films and I was like, I want to get involved. How do I get involved? So I started doing extra work, background work on, um, many different projects and the first 
the very first short film I did, actually, I started out in his background. I had emailed the director because um, I didn't feel like I fit any of the roles, but I just wanted because it was, you know, about a hotel. So I was like, surely they'll need like hotel guests, you know, kneeling around or whatever. And so I emailed the director and he was like, yeah, I'd love to have you be a part of things. And um, he invited me to the table read. And so I went to the table read and the lead actress couldn't make it. So he had me step in for her and read the role. And he liked me so much that he ended up uh, writing a part for me in the short. It sorry. was your own version. Of, I'm sorry. It was your own version of 42nd Street. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. It was, you know, um, Jeff Bucknam, who recently uh, pa passed away, um, actually, but, you know, he's been a big supporter of mine since then. And I really credit him to giving me my first, because that was my very first short film where I had a part. And, you know, that kind of, you know, because until you do it, you're not even sure if you're going to like it, to be honest. I mean, you say that you want to do it, but doing wanting to do something and doing it are two different things so that kind of showed me like how much I really enjoyed also doing film and tv and wanted to keep pursuing that and so after that I after I got married I kind of put theater on the back burner and started solely pursuing a uh, film and uh you know like you said moved to LA and so here I am now but that was kind of how I got my start and um was you know just doing doing theater I just being a part of whatever I could get my hands on and just learning as much as I could at the time. So when you made the jump to LA, because, you know, Andrew and I work with a lot of actors and, you know, I'm in Texas, he's in Chicago and, you know, we've shot in various locations and things, but actors are always asking, you know, when do I make that, make that jump, you know? So I'm curious what led you to make the jump to LA? What was it like? Did you just go go cold turkey? Did you have contacts? Did you have to work a day job? What was it like when you finally decided I've got to be out West? So I had done a film called House Hunting and that was my first lead in a feature film. We filmed in Virginia in uh, 2010 and it had come out and um, a manager reached out to me actually on uh, Twitter of all places and had seen the film and um, thought that I was great in it and asked me if I had needed you know was interested in the manager and we started talking we started working together and he's like have you ever thought about coming to LA and I was like I have but I, I don't really know where to start and so he kind of gave me the encouragement to 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 try so I was like let's let's you know before I just pack everything up and make my husband uh move let's see if I even like LA so my mom graciously went with me for two months. We went for February and March just to see if this was something that I wanted to do. I mean, she, my parents are amazing because like what what parents do that? But she was so great. Um, and, you know, I, I took class. I auditioned. I, you know, just like wanted, you know, we looked at the various places to live to see, look, you know, went to a lot of cities, had uh, lunch with as many people as I, cause I, I had friends out here you know, just talked with anyone that that I could. And I decided that 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 was the place I needed to go. So I went home <laughs> and I told my husband, like, this, this is what we need to do. And we literally moved a month later. So um, wow. shout out to Brandon, my husband. <laughs> because, uh, he literally leaped without even looking um, and didn't never has doubted and never has doubted me or said, like, are you sure? Like, we should think about this. He was like, all right, let's let's do it. 
Um, and he, so he left his job in Texas and we moved and he was able to, you know, get a, get a job, uh, two months after we moved. And he's now a manager, um, at a, at a company and is doing fabulous. He's not in the industry. So that's great. (laughs) Um, gives one, you know, only one insane person in the family. Um, (laughs) One one is enough. Yeah. One is enough. So that was kind of, I don't, you know, because I get the question a lot too, actors asking, and I, I don't know if you'll ever really fully be ready. Um, for me, you know, I had I had some films that were, rec- you know, that had, you know, recognizable people in them. Um, I had done a coaster on a TV show at that point. So I had some decent credits. Like it wasn't like, a, you know, I didn't have like, a, a, like amazing stuff, but I had credits that people would know, which I think helped immensely because during the time when I was out here at first, my manager was able to set me up with agent meetings. And so I came to LA with an agent already, which is, you know, rare. So it was kind of like that, that was the helpful thing. And so when actors ask me now, I do give the advice of like, if you're in an area now, if you're in a, you know, small town and there's no acting available, then like, great, you have to move somewhere that has it. But if you're coming from a market that has that available, like Atlanta, Chicago, you know, Dallas, like all those places that have, you know, productions that are, that are happening to, you know, see what you can do there, get some credits before moving, because then you have, you know, you have shown that the agents here that you have, you have done work, you know, you've done something, um, which I think helped, but yeah, it was kind of just like, we just had to kind of take the, the, the leap and jump. You know, I'm curious, um, staying on the acting subject and, you know, taking risks. I'm curious how much of a gamble it was to maybe study acting when you first went to college. I know, like you said, you studied musical theater from Palm Beach Atlantic University. And for someone like me, even who went to film school in the late 2010s, there was really no guarantee of a career. Nowadays, it's changed a little bit in the filmmaking world. A lot of businesses have media departments, but I'm curious how that experience was for you at the time. Yeah, there isn't, right? There isn't any any guarantee that you will do anything with your with your degree. And you don't, you know, you don't need a degree, especially as an actor, to be an actor, right? They, they don't look at that and think like, okay, if you have, you know, as, as most jobs, you know, oh, you need a college degree or, oh, you need this. Like, you don't need that to be an actor. But I look at it as a foundation, a foundation of the craft and a foundation of learning somewhat a little bit of the business so that when you do graduate, you're not completely, you know, drowning. Um, but, you know, back then, again, I'm not trying to age myself, but back then there wasn't as many resources as there are now as far as the internet and online and being able to do this, you know, listening to these amazing podcasts that actors are doing and interviews. And there was just a lot less information. So at at the time, I, I definitely felt a little like underwater and it, you know, took a bit to to figure out the business side of things because the business side and the craft are so different and you must as an actor have both or at least someone that can help you with both um you know so so many of us are are right-brained as actors but we need a little bit of the left too um so you know that that experience definitely gave me the foundation of the craft maybe not as much as the business side as i would have liked um back then um, now I, like you said, maybe things have changed a bit and, and I hope, um, that, that they are teaching more of the business side, but I was thankful that I had a great, um, foundation and, in, in, in my craft and a, and a place to jump off, um, from there. 
And like going back to your career a little bit, I know you've done both TV and film work. I'm curious, this is a little bit of a two-parter, if you prefer TV or film over one another. You know, TV, you kind of play a character for a long period of time. You can stay with them more. A feature film, you're playing a character temporarily unless there's sequels, of course. And I'm curious, depending on what your answer is, if there's also a difference in preparation for uh, each kind of role. Yeah, that's great. So I don't, ha- I don't have a preference. I really love both. I really enjoy this, like you said. Um, you know, for me, for the TV, I haven't done a long running show yet. Um, that's definitely on my on my list. So I hope that um, you know that it happens for me. So I've I've come in and played you know like guest star. So I'm doing like one episode. Um, and sometimes it's hard to want to leave those characters because it's like you you spend all this uh, time with them and then it's like, you know, you work for eight days and then you're like, okay, bye. And they're like, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to say goodbye. Um, and so that is a bit of like a challenge to kind of let them go. The nice thing about TV is it obviously moves so quickly so that, you know, when you book, you're often on set in a few days, it comes out in a few months. Um, you know that it will come out unless the show some for some reason gets canceled before your episode or something. Um, so there's that nice guarantee of, uh, you know, guarantee of work. Um, film is lovely because you, you, you know, you get to often spend a longer time. For me, in my experience, at least so far, um, you know, you get to spend like several weeks or several months with with a character building this um, this character being able to you know find this family um obviously the cons are that sometimes films take much longer to come out um a year maybe two maybe never if something just really goes wrong uh so they're they're both great and i love both and i hope to continue to do both because they both uh, offer you know different um different things uh like you said with the preparation oftentimes with films unless they're you know filming or casting last minute, you know, you'll get time. Uh, my next film that I'm doing is called Crust uh, with Sean Whalen, and we're filming in in May. So I've had several months um, and we've already, you know, we've been rehearsing some to, you know, start going over the script, start preparing. I feel like I have the time to really sit with this character before we even start rolling, uh, which has been lovely. And then obviously with, with TV, I've booked... Um, like you mentioned SVU, I booked on a Thursday. We started on Tuesday. I flew out to New York on Sunday. We started on Tuesday. Um, Station 19, I booked on a Friday. No, I'm sorry. I booked on a Monday and I started work Tuesday. So there's very little time to prep. So you're really going off of, you know, if you auditioned your audition, your work that you prepared um, for that, and then just trying to deepen that as, as quickly as possible you know, and maybe, you know, maybe you just work on the scenes that you're filming the next day instead of trying to look at the piece as a whole. Um, but it's very quick. It's very quick. You don't get, you don't get those, those, those lovely months to marinate on a character. You have to learn how to make decisions very quickly and trust your instincts. And that all comes from, you know, years and years of, of training too. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm curious for, for actors who might be listening, who are new to acting and trying to understand the nuts and bolts of a day of shooting. I'm curious on the TV side, because you were just talking about that. 
what does that look like? Do you do a table read? Do you just get the audition and you show up and you're just, you just start shooting? Do you have time to work with the director? Do you, what, what is that like? Yeah. So it all, you know, obviously it all depends on the show, right? Every show kind of works differently. Um, for Criminal Minds, we shot, uh, actually, I, it's crazy. I auditioned the week of Thanksgiving, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, which was like the best Thanksgiving present. So I auditioned and I literally found out I booked it the same day because it was, they were moving quickly. Um, it was my first, you know, my first guest star. So it was a, you know, it was a very big deal. But we, uh, so we had Thanksgiving and then we came back and we had the the table read. Um, and then we started shooting like the next day or two. I, you know, I had my fitting and I uh, had um, some pictures that were taken for the episode. So it, it felt like it, it didn't move as quickly. Like it was, we had some time, like I had that nice break in between to kind of uh, start working over the script and start working on everything. Um SVU, uh, we, interestingly enough, and I'm not sure if it's every episode this way, just the way that my episode worked, is we already started shooting like uh, one or two days and then we had the table read, uh, which was interesting. It was interesting to have already shot some stuff and then- Yeah, yeah that around, is interesting. Yeah, sitting around and reading. Um, so that was, you know, it was like, okay, we're already kind of in it. It's like, hopefully everyone likes what we're doing because we're you know, we've already shot. Um, <laughs> And then like station 19, I came in late. Um, they were, had some changes with the role. Originally it was supposed to be a, a, a man, a guy, and then they changed it to a woman. So they were late in casting. And so the episode had already started. So I, when I came in, they had already done the table read. So I, you know, was coming in um, later to that. So that was an interesting experience, um, kind of being, uh, not having met anyone ahead or just kind of like, okay, you're here, like time to shoot. Um, I always tell actors, and it's great, like you said, for anyone new, that for TV especially, you must come prepared. I mean, obviously for film too, but I'll, I'll get into that. You must come prepared as possible, knowing what you're going to do and making your choices immediately because you only get maybe three or four takes depending on if they have two cameras running or how many cameras they're working or how fast they're working. So, you know, they're making, especially network TV, they're making, you know, 42 minutes of TV in seven to eight days. So they don't have time to do 10 takes of things. And as far as rehearsal goes for TV, I have yet to really have any. Um, normally, you know, they, they'll bring in first team, which is which is us, and you go over the the scenes so you'll read the lines um but mostly it's for camera blocking and so the camera can see where you're going to be you get your marks lighting knows how to set up um, most actors are just kind of still using their sides they're just kind of running it monotone like through just um to get through it so that the the camera team can see the scene and then we step off and a second team which is like your stand-ins stand you know come in and so they can light it and then you, you know, they step off and they bring you in and you go. And so there really isn't that, okay, we'll feel our way in, we'll ramp up, we'll, you know, see how it works. Like you must come in the first take with what you're going to do. And then of course you're going to get adjustments from the director, um, you know, oh, try this or, oh, that was great. Let's try this. Um, and sometimes not, sometimes they love what you're doing and there's no adjustment. It just depends on, you know, what's going on. Um, you know, film I have found sometimes you get, not that you get a ton of more takes, but you sometimes get more because it's, um, you know, you're shooting the whole film over a month 
Um, so they're not as rushed, although it always feels like you're always rushed. <laughs> like always feels <laughs> a little bit like that. Um, but maybe you have rehearsed with the director prior to even coming. Like I said, like Crest, the film I'm working on now, like we've worked on three of the scenes so far. Um, sometimes you don't get that in film. It just depends on the the film and like where you're, you know, where you're filming. If you have to fly somewhere, if the team is not in LA or whatever. Um, so yeah, it all kind of just varies, but you know, the main, the main thing is for actors listening is, you know, you come in confident in knowing what you're doing and, and, um, delivering what you, what you're wanting right off the bat. And, and the flip side of that, you know, I think, actors coming into the the business who are new need to understand that rejection is just part of the business. It's nothing personal. And so, and, and oftentimes when you're auditioning, they're looking for a type. It has nothing to do with your acting, but they're looking for a specific type. So how did you learn to deal with the rejection side of the auditioning process? I still am learning how to deal with it. <laughs> That's let's a good be, answer. <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, I mean, I just was up for a role recently and I didn't get it and I cried. I won't I won't lie. I th- you know, and then you move on. But sure. It, you know, th- I just made a Facebook post about this the other day because I feel like it's so ingrained in us and told, you know, audition and move on. Audition and forget about it. Tear up those sides. Never think of it again. And while that is solid advice and that does you know, relate in many cases, I feel like that also feels like we're not allowed to be human and we're not allowed to feel the things that we feel. And it's like any job. I mean, a regular person really wants a job and they don't get it. They're sad. They're sad. They feel the disappointment and then they pick themselves back up and they move on to the next job. And I feel like telling us like, you know, you just have to forget about it. Just kind of cheapens the work that we've put in. Like, yes, you don't want to sit and like be sad for days or weeks or months. Like that's not helpful. But I I feel like it is absolutely acceptable to feel that for that day. And then like the next day, it's like, all right, back to it. So that, but that has helped me in dealing with the rejection is like allowing myself to process and go, wow, like that hurt. I really wanted that, but... I did great work. I sent a great tape or was in the room, whatever, got great feedback, whatever the win is. And I got sent on to producers. I got a pin or I got, um, you know, put on a veil or whatever the case is. I was down to the finals and like I celebrate that. And then I moved to the next thing. Um, Because I think that if we just pretend like it doesn't matter, it's like just like pushing down trauma. (laughs) (laughs) You know, eventually it's going to, you know why actors are like just so um they just get so jaded or they just get like so over it because they're not dealing with they're not dealing with it they're not dealing with their feelings they're just putting pushing them down because that's what we've been told to do um is to like rip up those sides and forget you ever auditioned and sometimes it's easy sometimes the role um doesn't is it amazing right it doesn't click with you it's just a great you're gonna audition because it's money and it's a show and whatever and and you do audition and you're like, I don't even remember auditioning for that. I mean, there's definitely times where I'm like looking back at things and I'm like, wow, I don't remember saying those lines. But there are other auditions that are going to stick with you, especially if you auditioned multiple times for the same role and gone through the rigmarole of like, you know, audition after audition after audition and you're close and you have given your soul. Like, yeah, that is 
it's gonna you're gonna feel it so i think for actors listening like you said know that it's gonna be no most of the time (laughs) unfortunately and then but when you do get that yes for me it's always been like okay this is the time this was the role this was the right time to play this part maybe i wasn't ready for this part a year ago or six months ago um but now i am now something has happened where it just it just clicks for me um i've seen that time and time again for myself and reminding myself that like this role and it's not even rejection right it's redirection that's actually a really really healthy way to look at that i hadn't thought of that perspective before but i think that's really smart you know keeping it human like you said, you know, pushing it down might just make it worse. So you process it, you enjoy it, you respect the work and you move on. I think that's, that's a really good attitude. Yeah. And that's, that's what's worked for me. Um, Cause like anytime out, you know, I've like, I've mentioned like, oh, I didn't get it. And like, I'm, you know, sucks, disappointed. It's like, oh, move on. There's something else. And it's like, yes, there will be something else. But I, I feel like we shouldn't be told that we can't um, process the feelings of disappointment because there are many disappointments in life, not just not booking a role, but lots of things are just, you know, disappointing to us and makes us sad and, and you have to deal with it. Um, and then, you know, you move on to the next, like you said, you move on to the next thing and there will always be something else. And that's what you remind yourself to that there will always, if not this role, something else. And especially with TV, um, you know, once you're on a show, most of the time, unless it's, you know, SVU where you're on like season one, if you can be on season 10 because <laughs> it's so, you know, <laughs> on for so long, you're probably not going to be on the show again. So I'm always thinking like, okay, maybe there's a better role out there than this one would be. You know, that is what I found too is um, helped as well. I remember the first time I just Criminal Minds, it was like a small co-star. I think it was two lines. And at the time I hadn't done a lot of TV done like one role on a show and so i was really sad when i didn't book it because it it was just like it felt you know like a a good role for me and even though it was small i was like at the time i was like this is you know this is what i'm gonna be doing because you know i haven't done much and then my and then a guest star came along and i booked that instead oh wow and like if i had booked the co-star i never could have booked the guest star so it's like that those all things you know help with the redirection, like I said before, my back and turned on, you know, not rejection. It's like redirection to something else. Yeah. And speaking of, you know, there's always something else. I'm curious, have you ever thought of going behind a camera, directing, producing, or writing more? It feels like nowadays more than ever actors are making that transition like a Jonah Hill or an Olivia Wilde, who I know she started small with directing music videos and then ended up making feature films like Booksmart, which is one of my personal favorites. I know on yeah, I love it. And I know on IMDb, it says you love to write short stories. And I saw you're producing a horror movie. So I'm curious if that's something you're looking to kind of build out in in, th- in that aspect of your career or if it's mostly like a side hobby. Yeah, so I haven't I haven't. Um, th- I mean, I have thought about directing, but I haven't quite gotten there yet. I'm, I don't know if I'm confident yet um, in, in directing, even though I have directed theater before. I'm just not sure about film yet. Uh, I feel like I eventually do want to direct um, for sure. I feel like producing is kind of a good step um, because I can really see more like behind the scenes and and, and how things are working. And like you said, I am developing um, a horror film and I have some other stuff that isn't even on IMDb yet that I am 
uh, going to be producer as well. And I feel like as an actor, we have so little control over anything, right? Like not even what's on the screen at the end of the day. I mean, we can get the best performance and the, the performance is in the edit and we have very little control over what happens in any other aspect. And so not that I'm like a control freak and need to control everything, but I was like, oh, that would be would be nice just to have more of a say in things um, and, and having that be able to, you know, like you said, have the role that you want to, that you've always wanted to play that nobody will cast you in or, you know, making your own project because that's what you can do in between, you know, jobs that you book from other people um, just opens up more doors. And I think now, you know, it like used to kind of be frowned upon if you were like doing multi hyphenate things, but, but now it's really like, oh, you're also producing. You're also directing like, wow, that's great that you're becoming involved in so much more. And you're not just waiting for someone to give you a job, but you're also taking initiative and giving yourself a job. Um, so I'm definitely wanting to do more of that, um, in the, in the future as well and, and see what, you know, what comes of it. So I want to, I want to pivot back to, you know, the craft of acting, you know, it's your job as an actor to take this character that's in a script and turn them into something visual, something you can embody. Uh, you have to become, like I said, the embodiment of that character. It's not just about reading lines, but it's about body language, facial expression, tonality of voice, perhaps. So when you read a script, I'm curious if you have a process where you look for clues in the lines or maybe even between the lines to figure out how you're going to make that character come to life. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I mean, when when I booked, when you audition, you have very little time, right? You have, you know, maybe 24 to 48 hours, maybe three days if you're, if you're lucky. So you're right. making really snap decisions and um, you're not really getting to dive in as much as you would like because you just don't have the time. But when you booked a role and you have the time, that is when I, you know, will read a script several times first before I even start thinking about anything. It's just as much information as I can um, gather from just reading it. And then, you know, I start to do my my actor homework, um, you know, going through and writing like the given circumstances, like just basic stuff so that I know um, what is happening. You know, if, if it's a time period piece, it, it a totally different animal than if it's set today you know like there's all like you said all those clues start to form a world for you and if the script is well written then that um will be easily created by just reading it um i'm doing a a film later this year and the first you know part of the script was a paragraph of the location and i love it because immediately it just throws me into that world and i could see it you know in my head immediately and I was like I love this I'm in I'm in and <laughs> you know so it's like all those things start to influence and then I start to think about who I am as as a character um you know you start with the basics like you know you're a if for me if I'm a woman so it's like okay I'm a, maybe I'm a wife or I'm a daughter or I'm a sister or whatever and then you start to think about what the script tells you as far as who you are and like am I am I lonely am I confident Am I desperate? Am I lost? Am I um, whatever the things are, whatever this, whatever the the script starts to tell you, 
Um, and then, you know, even like going, to, like writing your likes and dislikes, which often the script will tell you that. And if it doesn't, you know, you make it up. Um, and those start to fill in the the life of the character first before you start, at least for me, before I start going into my imagination and person, personalizing it and making sure that I connect deeply with the with the person, even if I don't relate to the situation, finding a way in is really important so that you feel so deeply connected, um, you know, in your in your belly, you know, in your gut that it just, you know, resonates with you, um, that you're moved by this person, whatever their whatever their situation is. Um, so yeah, script is really, really important. Um, if it's a, like I said, if it's a well-written script, a lot of it will be there. And then sometimes, you know, you're going to fill in things on your own because that's just what we do, right? As humans, we relate to it in our own way. It's why, you know, one person, the three people would play the character differently, possibly um, based on their own experiences and their own interpretations. And and then bringing your own uniqueness to it will will change a lot as well. And the best compliment, you know, ever is a writer director that says, oh, it's better than what was even imagined. Right. And then, right, right, right. And then, you know, from my own acting class, I always remember my acting teacher side saying to me, you know, if you're only making choices that are in the script, you're not making any choices. So then oh, after, that's interesting. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Tell me more about that. That That's a, that's a great way to look at it. I'm curious about your thoughts on that. Right. Because then, so once you have, because the script's going to give you all the clues, right? Like you said, like you're going to get all of the beautiful um, clues on where to start, but then you can't stop there, right? Like some actors may be like, well, I read it and I got enough and this person is this and like, I'm done. But then, but then that's really where your imagination comes in and you're able to think of choices, you know, always based on the script, always based on the the, the text, I would never advocate for making a crazy choice just to make it. It has to come from something. Um, like, you know, for anyone that listening that has, you know, a Stranger Things fan, Dakery Montgomery, his audition tape for Stranger Things was wild, right? I mean, he's shirtless, he's listening to music, he's dancing. It was a risky tape that obviously paid off. He was fabulous in the show. But his choices also related directly to the scene and to the script so that's that's the that is the thing is finding those imaginative choices um but still are are anchored in in the text that's i think the the trickiest thing because i think as actors our job is always to get from a to b right we always have to get from a to b but our job is to get from A to B in the most imaginative, creative way possible. And and make it your own, I suppose. Yeah. And people, you know, because they're going to see in an audition, especially if, if 20 actors are auditioning or 30 actors or how, especially now they're saying, you know, if they're seeing it more and more with tapes, 90, probably 90% of them are going to be similar. So it's like finding, you know, you, when you bring your uniqueness, when you find those choices, that is something that they haven't seen that makes them set up take notice yeah it's funny you bring the stranger things uh example i just saw recently the actress who played chrissy in the cheerleader in the most recent season uh she said she got the role because uh most actresses were playing the cheerleader as this mean uh mean girl kind of 80s version uh character and she actually took it in a 
you know, sweet and innocent way that got the Duffer brothers attention. So it's interesting. Um, yeah. you know, staying, staying on yeah. the craft subject Absolutely. of acting. I know you've done a lot of projects, uh, TV and film, both. I'm wondering if there was a moment during a production that moved you in a profound way, whether that be the first set you were on or your most recent job, you know, it could be someone you were working with and inspired you or, Maybe it was a moment of clarity you had uh, about your craft when you were on set. Oh, that's a great question. Um, this is something I haven't shared actually yet. Um, so I did a film last March. Actually, we were literally wrapping a year ago um, today uh, in Pennsylvania called The Veil. And it's going to be coming out later this year. And I play a young Amish woman. And I've never, um, you know, obviously never played an Amish woman. And um, I did a lot of research on it. And I spoke with a, an ex Amish woman that used to be in in the Amish culture and that was really helpful because I was very um I wanted to be respectful at, you know it's a mystery thriller so it's not it's not a movie about Amish people but because my character is Amish I wanted to be as respectful to the community as I could and also um be as truthful because one thing she mentions is she's seen a lot of you know, movies and shows about Amish people, not documentaries, but like, you know, real, like a scripted film. And she said most of the time it's it's very wrong. So I was like wanting to, you know, be as truthful mm -hmm. in that as possible. And I'd done a lot of work on that. And I was very um, kind of nervous about, you know, wanting to make sure that it, like I could add, you know, things that would make the character more authentic. Um, but anyway, last flash forward uh got to pennsylvania and i you know the first day we were doing the table read and we were trying on the costumes and uh i because the the wardrobe um sophie she uh is in new york and so i hadn't tried on the outfit yet my my dress i would be wearing for the whole film but i put it on and i came out to show them and i just started crying and i never i never had that happen before and it was just like a deeply and then everybody like kind of started crying and it was like all kind of a you know I don't know it was just it was just interesting to me as an actor that I had like it's like I had worked so hard prior you know prior to even stepping on set on this character and like how much she moved me just by putting on the outfit and then that kind of told me that I had done everything I needed to do and now I could let it go well, are there any uh, other projects that we should be on the lookout for? I know you mentioned The Veil. Is there anything else coming out soon? Yeah. So I have another uh, film called The Unseen that um, with RJ Mitty from Breaking Bad that will be coming uh, to theaters and on demand on June 30th, which I'm really excited about. Um, I can't really talk too much about my character because it's a spoiler. So. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> but just be on the lookout. And then I have a sci-fi uh, thriller uh, called The Other Kind that should hopefully be coming out sometime this year as well. Um, and then if anybody wants to see something now that's that's current, um, my film Two Witches that you mentioned uh, is on uh, Amazon and iTunes and Apple uh, Apple TV and all the all the places you can rent things. <laughs> that that trailer looks intense. It looks really really scary. Yeah, it's it's a it's not for the fade apart um, for sure. But no, it looks it looks on, really good. Yeah, it's a fun, um, I had a lot of, I kind of stepped into that role last minute um, and didn't really know what to expect. And so it's been a really just pleasantly surprising ride. Um, and people are really uh, 
And I was, I, I play a villain in the film and I was really nervous about that because I didn't know how people would react to her because she's, she's awful. She's <laughs> um, <laughs> awful to everyone and has very little redeeming qualities um, about her. But people have really uh, loved her. <laughs> well, it can be well, fun for an actor. Us, to, it, can be, it can be fun for an actor to play a really villainous character. Oh, it was so much fun. I had the, the, one of the most fun um, because she just was loved, you know, delighted in it. And I mean, there was a re you know, there was a reason in her mind always, but um, it was, it was a lot of fun for me, but you, you never know because sometimes, you know, you watch movies or shows and you're like, Oh, I just want that person to die. Like they're so annoying. I didn't <laughs> want to do that. So I was thankful that people um, actually were like, you know, really um, enjoyed her <laughs> so much so that we have a sequel coming. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, we're going to switch to uh, a little out of the box question. It's not that out of the box, but it's you know we like to throw you a little little something fun. Um, so you're stuck on that desert island, and you have one movie to choose from. It's going to be your only entertainment, other than I don't know picking coconuts, whatever people do on desert desert islands. But you're stuck on the island. What's your one movie? Oh my gosh, that is that is a that is there. Um... My gosh, the one movie. I'm like, like, I can't. It's like you can't pick anything that's like going to just be like sad because it's be like sad forever. <laughs> and, right? and it and it can't be how to survive on a desert island in five easy steps. No. Uh, okay, so I'm just going to go with the movie that first popped in my head because I feel like I could watch this movie over and over, um, even though it's not. It's whatever. Um, the Italian Job. Oh yeah, oh, good interesting. Blah blah, and that movie. Um. I love I love heist movies. I will watch any heist movie. Like just love them. I don't know why. Like I just think they're so fun. And what um, character what character would you be in a heist movie? Are you the safe cracker? Are you what who who, who are you? Yeah, maybe. I think I'd be a good safe cracker. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just like I mean, there's so many great actors in that movie. I mean, you got Shirley Theron, like there's just um, you know, it's just uh, Edward Norton, like you just have some great Donald Sutherland, like great actors in it. So I feel like that would, you know, I mean, any movie is going to get tiring if you only had one, but I feel like at least it's a fun movie with good actors and like a fun story. Yeah. And taking inspiration from that out of the box question, you can take a few moments, but be curious if you would like to leave a question for our next guest. And the whole, you know, uh, twist is you don't know who it is. So um, making it as random as possible is always fun. Um, I mean, I, I, I'll go along with the same one kind of if you were on a desert island and you only had one book you could bring what would it be oh good one that's good i like that i don't i don't even have an answer so I <laughs> <laughs> well rebecca this has been a lot of fun you're very lovely to talk to and you've obviously you know been doing some great work as an actor we wish you the best of luck in all of your future projects and again thanks so much for spending time with us tonight thank you so much for having me and all your great questions i'm so glad we got to do this Thank you for listening to the Filmmaker Mixer Podcast, a podcast created and hosted by filmmakers Jeff Stolen and Andrew Lamping. Our theme song is created by a man who loves the word absquatulate. Stephen Deep in it. Make sure to follow or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on and stay tuned for future episodes.